Welcome to our sermon. I am Pastor Nathan Escarga, and I am sure that God will speak to you through his word today. Around the Lord's leaving or dying and eventually leaving this planet physically, but uh, the Lord is God and he is omnipresent. And um, But that physical... Uh, nature of, of him being with his disciples. He was, as he was in a human body, he was limited to space and time. And uh, he talked about going to the Father, and in my Father's house are many mansions. It was sung in one of the songs that was alluded to about the mansions. And uh, the fact that where he is, he desires for us to be. And I just thank God for that. And uh, today, uh, I had a I had a, a call today, and uh, statement was being made that there are only 144,000 that will make it to heaven. 144,000 uh, that are going to make it to heaven. So the question tonight is: Is are there only 144,000 making it to heaven? And where does that come from? And so, if you have your Bibles uh, tonight, I want to uh, just look at this passage. Uh, explain, and I want to give opportunity uh, for involvement tonight, and um, because the Lord uh, desires for all of us to come to be with Him. So, Revelation chapter seven. This hundred and forty-four thousand. It is the number that is mentioned uh, several times, especially in uh, the book of Revelation. It's mentioned, and um, so let's see what this is all about. And uh, so. To answer this question, are there only 144,000 that will be in heaven? So it says, after these things, so after the uh, six uh, seals were open, the scroll was open, and each time another seal was taken off and we, uh, of the, the scroll that uh, the Lamb of God, Jesus, held, uh, each time he opened up one of the seals, part of the scroll would unfold, and there were things that were happening on this planet. Now, has that happened yet? It has not happened yet. So that hasn't happened yet. It is still to happen. And so chapter 7 begins with the first uh, six um, seals already being opened in chapter 6. And will take place uh, on this planet in, in a period of time to come. And, it could happen uh, within, could happen today, or it could happen in uh, days or weeks uh, or months or, or years, uh, but it is coming. It is a reality. So after these things, these six seals being opened, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. And so this this... This four, these four winds are, are relating to judgment and that there's a holding back of, of the judgment that has already been released and there's this, this reprieve to a certain extent. It says, Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. So there's this sealing, this, this covering this uh, on these servants of 
our God. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Um, and so there are a number of tribes uh, in the tribe of, of Israel, and we have 12 tribes, and we also have the tribe of Levi, that was the priestly tribe. And um, so there's a, a, a listing now of these 12 tribes. It says the tribe of Judah, or of the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. So we're talking about people, actual people, literal people, that uh, probably at this point in time are alive right now. So they're alive right now and uh, would not be believers. Would not be believers, will uh, be saved or come to know the Lord probably right after the rapture. They are of Jewish descent. And they're saying he's from these different tribes of Israel. Now, the interesting thing is, uh, of these 12 tribes, uh, there was a dispersing of the top or the, the, the northern kingdom. So just a little bit of history here. Israel was a complete nation for only three kings. For Saul, for King Saul, King David, secondly, and thirdly, King Solomon. After King Solomon died, there was a splitting of the nation, and it, it broke into two parts. A northern kingdom, which had ten of the tribes, and a southern kingdom, which only had two tribes, the tribe of Judah uh, and of Benjamin. So those two tribes were the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom uh, was overrun. It was just in just around 730 or 733 or 722 BC, where Assyria came in, and the Assyrians came and they took uh, the, that northern tribe, and they were just spread all over the place. And there was never, uh, I guess, uh, here in the New Testament, the Lord knows exactly where and who is of what tribe. Very interesting. So here we have uh, Judah as it goes through the, uh, the different children of Israel or of Jacob, uh, the sons of Jacob. So we have Judah. 12,000 were sealed. The tribe of Judah, of the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Gad, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Asher, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Levi, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 were sealed. And of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. Now, it's interesting that here um, there is one tribe that's not mentioned. Did anybody? The tribe of Dan is not mentioned here. We don't know exactly why, but we recognize that the tribes that were sealed, it says, were, we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And so 
the tribe of Dan, I guess maybe at that point there was not a, a serving of God, a coming to God by anybody of that tribe. We do know that at the end of the seven-year period that there will be a, um, that the entire nation will be saved in, in just one hour uh, as they cry out to God uh, at, during the battle of, the Ar of ba battle of Armageddon as uh, the Antichrist and all the coalition uh, come against uh, the Jews to wipe them out. Now, these uh, 144,000, uh, it talks about them um, and the fact that they are, are caught up and one reference is made of in, I believe it's Revelations chapter 12, where it talks about uh, the woman giving birth to the child and, and the man-child being caught up. And I know there's different interpretations of that. Um, it is not Jesus Christ. It's not Mary and, and, and Jesus that it's referring to. It's, it's talking about the, the nation of Israel. And this man-child... Uh, would be this 144,000 that was given birth as in they have come alive in Jesus Christ and they are caught up. This group of 144,000 are caught up, they're sealed and kept safe and are basically the first fruits from the nation of Israel. Uh, the nation of Israel, for the most part, there are very few uh, Christian believers uh, that are Jewish. We call them, if they are believers in Jesus Christ for, as their Lord and Savior, we call them Messianic Jews. They're born of God just like you and I are born of God. These 144,000 will be born of God after the, uh, the taking up, the catching up of the saints, and they will be caught up midway through the tribulation, about halfway through. And after that, the, the two witnesses will come. Some say that these 144,000 are witnesses during that first three and a half years. Um, we know that after uh, verse 9, it talks about a huge number of people that get saved during the tribulation. You say, will... Uh, the Holy Spirit be removed from this planet? Uh, no. People will get saved during the tribulation. So let's look at what it says here in verse 9. It says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude of which, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and the elders of the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving, honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered and said to me, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes and where did they come from? And I said to them, Sir, you know. So he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So we have this 144,000. They'll be caught up 
to be with the Lord partway through around three and a half years into the seven year or the 70th year of Daniel, this, this seven year period of great tribulation. And those that come to know Jesus Christ from every tongue, every tribe and peoples. So not, we're not talking about the Jews necessarily. We're not talking about the Jews. We're talking about the Gentiles here and that there are a number that are going to be uh, coming out of the great tribulation and coming into the presence of God. So this, to answer this question, are only 144,000 going to make it to heaven? Uh, there's going to be way more than 144,000. In fact, those, as Jesus said in, in John or chapter 14, he says, where I go, I want you to be. I want you to be with me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And as the, uh, Thomas said, but we don't know the way. What is the way? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So uh, tonight, I just I want to go quickly. Uh, the question also was around, you know, what, what's going to be happening coming up? And I know it was from a younger believer and from a person that was not a believer at all. So this younger believer was saying, hey, what's, what's coming up? What, how do I answer this person about the 144,000? Is it just 144,000 that are going to make it? So I, I don't know have the answer to that. So I just want to quickly go over a bit of timeline. Uh, but before I do, uh, up here, uh, I have... Uh, sign up here, and I'm going to have this just start around, and uh, if you can s help out in some way, let me say for what, uh, if you haven't noticed yet, there's a few uh, posters outside and on the floor right, right over here. Uh, we are having a, a gathering, a, an outdoor day of prayer and of worship and of revival uh, as the churches would come together. Uh, this is a Saturday it's happening not this Saturday, but the next Saturday. So it's coming up very quickly in a week and a half. And we need, because it is outdoor, it was supposed to, we were supposed to have a citywide service here at our church. And because there's a, a larger venue outdoors, we are meeting at um, the old uh, Oakland golf course on uh, Stanley South Uh and by the uh, Welland River. So it's not far from here, like three, four kilometers from here. And on that day, we need help in every regard. And uh, I've already talked to the worship or worship team leader, uh, one of them anyways, and uh, to a few regarding worship on that day. And, but there's a tent that we need to set up. We're not talking a little tent. We're talking a big tent. We'll need people to help some individuals helping with a tent and, and just with getting chairs and things set up. Uh, we want to have uh, some food as well, uh, some free food. We want to, so we need uh, just help in every regard. So if you're able to help out in some way, whether it's with setup or parking or sound or follow-up cleaning, uh, whatever it may be, uh, just put down your name. You don't have to necessarily put down, but just say, hey, I'm a willing and available to be used. Part of this is for the the body of Christ to come together, and for those that would be there, maybe it is just a remnant that is there of all those that are part of the body of Christ here in Niagara Falls. But we want to pray uh, for there to be a moving of the Holy Spirit upon us, that there would be a, a coming to life uh, by the church. There would be a gathering together of the saints 
at this time to be a witness in these last days because we don't want anybody to go through the tribulation. And that day is coming. Now, we'll talk a little bit about some of the things that are going to happen between now and the trumpet sounding. Uh, I think we, the, the one thing, and I'll be mentioning it, there's a few things that I believe that still need to happen before the Lord returns. And um, so uh, I'm going to start it off here on Tyler. And if it just swings around, if uh, maybe Don, if you could bring it upstairs. But during the service, if you could just do that, Tyler, if you'd come and get this and... Uh, Make note of this date and also to be a part of it, um, maybe for Sunday, just a heads up for, uh, for Debbie to, to maybe make some flyers or whatever as a reminder uh, you, or post it on social media. Uh, just, hey, invite uh, people to come and be a part of that, those that are believers and also those that are not. Hey, hey, you want to come for a free burger or hot dog, a drink, whatever, uh, come out uh, the next Saturday, and so we want to see that people get saved. This is why the the church. There's so much stuff happening uh, at this point, and um, the church needs the church needs to come alive. We we are. It's we're not talking buildings. We're not talking uh, institutions. We are talking about people, the body of Christ, members. You are a member within the body of Christ. Lord, work through me in whatever way you see fit uh, to be used by you. And each one of us is different and unique in what we can do, uh, but that we would do uh, what, we, what must be done before the Lord returns, and that is lifting up Jesus and that people would know about Christ. Hallelujah. So uh, thank you in advance for that. Uh, just a few things um, with that with that involvement. Uh, we may need some help on the Friday night or during, on Friday during the day just getting things together and then set up on Saturday morning and then the service and then the tear down. It may, the tearing down or cleaning up may happen either Saturday or Sunday. We, we, we'll just see about that and we'll be announcing that. But uh, we do need every man and woman and young adult, teenager on deck with this. Um, and we have a few other, we have a number of other churches that are, are helping out, but it was supposed to be here. And uh, so I know our involvement as a church will definitely be a little bit greater, I would think, um, as a result of that. Okay. So just a, a few things um, about this, the mention of this great tribulation, the fact that these are the ones who came out of the great tribulation and, and, they were washed uh, and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Um, we are living in difficult times. If times are bad now, and some of the things, this morning I had somebody just calling, just saying they are so uh, aggrieved and, and uh, praying for the, the churches, or the, not the churches, the, the people. I didn't know this, but apparently there's, there were planes that were chartered 
and flew into uh, uh, Afghanistan, Afghanistan, and and uh, they're stuck on the on the runway. And apparently, they're the last four days have been full of people, and they're not allowed. They're basically have not been given permission to get off the track off the track and and to leave. And so uh, they're stuck there. Probably hundreds, hundreds upon hundreds are stuck in these planes in the heat. Uh, I don't know if they have water or food or not, but uh, uh, there was just this this voicing of of the fact that people are suffering and that uh, there was a concern. We know that before the Lord returns, there will be difficult times. And I just uh, there's a, a number of different passages I could read, but uh, the one I just want to read is from Matthew 24, just quickly, from verse uh, 1 to 14. Uh, and it, Jesus, as he's, just before he would uh, go to the, the cross, uh, he, he departs from the temple, and his disciples, they, they come to show him the buildings of the temple, and Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, as he sat... On the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of, of the end of the age? And so he, he starts to talk basically uh, about his coming and the end of the age and, and how it's going to be here on this planet. And he talks immediately about deception taking place. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. We're starting to see, see these things. All these are the beginning of sorrows. This is just the beginning. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my sake, for my name's sake, and then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. So that which is not of the law, and I'll tell you, this is, I see this aspect becoming more evident here in Canada, where there's a thing of lawlessness abounding, breaking of the law. But he who endures to the end shall be saved, and, these, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So we know that uh, there, there has been a preaching of the gospel for many, many centuries. This last hundred years, the last number of decades, there's been a preaching of the gospel uh, of the kingdom of God, and we see that happening, and that needs to continue to happen in these last days. We need to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to, that needs to be uh, very prevalent in our, our thought and in our intent uh, on a daily basis. Not that we say, oh, yeah, we're, we're doing something on the 18th. We're going to, I'm going to do that, and, and then I'm good for another until the next thing comes up. That on a daily basis, the, the intent is, Lord, let me be a light. Let me be a witness to those that are around me. 
So we see the conditions of what it will be like in these last days, difficult times before the return of the Lord. Another passage that talks about, and I refer to this lawlessness, and we recognize that, that there is going to be a standing up against lawlessness, and it is already happening. So you might say, really? Where is there a standing up against lawlessness? And, and so let me just say uh, what it says here in 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 1 to 8. It says, now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. So if you think that Jesus has come back, he hasn't. So if anybody's told you that he's come back, he hasn't come back yet. And he says, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. So this coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, two separate events. And uh, the coming of the Lord will be in two separate parts. And the first part is the gathering together to him. And, uh, but before that happens, there's going to be a falling away of believers. I see that happening. Where people are falling away, they're... they're the things of the Lord are, they're not, in, they're, they don't seem to be important to them. Uh, the, the gathering together, and I recognize different people are, uh, may have, be going through different things at this point in time. But that there would not be a falling away of the Lord or a moving and walking away from the Lord. It says that that will happen in the last days. And before the son of perdition, and this is referring, the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. We're talking about the Antichrist, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And this won't happen until halfway through the week or the 70th week of Daniel or that seven-year period that still has to happen, yet it has not happened uh, there are 70 years that have been, or 69 years of years, or weeks of years that have been accounted for. 483 years have been accounted for from the time that Daniel was given this word in uh, about 550 B.C. Um, and we can read of that in chapter 9, Daniel chapter 9. It talks about the week of years that are for God's people. We're talking the Jews. And so 483 years have been accounted for already with the death of Jesus Christ. And now there's just seven years left, one more week. So 69 weeks of years have been accounted for. There's one more week left. And so the Antichrist will exalt himself and, and sit and defile the temple as a Jew. He's a Jew and will come in and he will defile the temple of God that is is put into place is that temple up yet it hasn't been built yet so it, there will be a temple built and uh, all the utensils and different things uh, they've already got everything in place probably who knows they have the ark of the covenant they found the ark of the covenant so uh, so anyways there are these different things that we put into place there's going to be a defiling of the temple as the antichrist goes and says okay you guys have been acknowledging god you're going to acknowledge me now and you're going to worship me. 
And he sa it says in verse 5, Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining, what is holding back the Antichrist, and also that he may re be revealed in his own time. I mentioned this uh, a number of months back. Uh, three times I wanted to say who the Antichrist could possibly be, and three times I was shut down. I was just, okay, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say I'm going to mention a name. And the third time, I, I, I clued in. I clued in to that he should be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. The Antichrist is already here. And the spirit of Antichrist has been here for two millennia. That which opposes Jesus Christ. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. A lot of the restraining of what is coming that is breaking our charter of, free, of rights and freedoms, freedoms and rights here in Canada and across the globe, things are being done. This past week, I, there were situations where people were being forced to do something that they didn't want to do, that they were, did not believe in. And there was much turmoil and anguish in the doing of it. They didn't want to do it, and they, they were opposed. Let me, I'll be clear, they were opposed to the vaccina vaccina vaccination. And, and so they, they said, I don't want to take it, and it was forced. The only way that they could go to school is if they're vaccinated. They couldn't go any other way. They couldn't complete their program. We're talking second year of, of the master's program, of their career and whatever. And so there was this huge anguish. And things. these are things that when you say, I don't consent, before any medical treatment or whatever, there's always informed consent. These are the things. This is what it's all about. These are the possible uh, problems that could happen. And then there's a signing if you consent or you don't. If you don't consent to something, uh, you're saying, I don't want the medic medical treatment. They're saying they, they can't force it on you. And so here they are saying, well, you know what? You cannot finish your schooling unless you take the vaccine. A mystery of lawlessness, something that is not right. There is something that is not right about what's happened in the last year and a half. And there's things that are of lawlessness underneath. Today, I just received, let me just tell you, I just received an email today from the Canadian Center for Christian Charities, the CCC. CCCC, four C's. And basically, the Canadian Center for Christian Charities is deeply concerned with an election campaign promise that jeopardizes the charitable status for pro-life organizations. The platform promises to, and now quote, I'm quoting here now, no longer provide charity status to anti-abortion organizations such as pregnancy care centers that provide dishonest counseling, unquote. So they're saying the government is going to take away, or if this party and this, uh, um, if they get in, they are going to be taking or looking into taking away the charitable status 
Uh, not to say that we run just because we're acknowledged by the government as being a charitable status uh, or a charitable organization, but uh, they're saying here that they're concerned with this latest uh, announcement. And so uh, that we would pray together. This is just this is just out. This just came out. And uh, so there's a lot more. Uh, and we see now that there are things being put into place, restrictions that are being put into place. So I can see it coming for all of you that are not vaccinated, that we won't be able to come into the church unless we are vaccinated. If you're not, so there's a possibility that this may happen. So they haven't said anything about places of worship yet, but I can see it coming. And so there's this, this, we are in a society that is all about not discriminating, and yet here we are. Now there's a, a discrimination that's taking place between vaccinated or unvaccinated and gathering in, they've already got the wording for gathering in meeting places. Now they didn't say churches, but I'll tell you right now, it'll come next, well, is not the church a meeting place? So there is a fight against, or there's a restraining against this mystery of lawlessness. It's like, what's underlying this? And these things are not lawful and are, are contrary to our, char or, our charter of freedom and rights here in, in Canada that says that there, should, there is not, nothing that should uh, uh, oppose or stop the, the assembling together for religious purposes. That's part of the freedoms that we have as Canadians here in Canada. That's why, we, that's why this country is, one of the, uh, is a great country, because the very first line of our charter says that we recognize the supremacy of God. That's the very first line, and that's the very first line that has been neglected in the last year and a half. There has been no recognition of the supremacy of God. And so there's a standing up to this. You say, Pastor, where has there been a standing up against? Well, listen, I know, I know there are pastors that are opposed to doing anything against the government. An entire whatever. The government is there for our peace and safety. I'll tell you right now, when, when the government is no longer there to keep our peace and safety, when we would have freedoms to gather together, we are in a rough place. We are not in a good place. And so it is coming. So some of the pastors, I believe, have already been pushed or unctioned by the Lord. I don't have anything against some of these pastors that, that defied and says, we're going to stay open. So Pastor James Coates. Or Pastor Arthur. I know somebody say, well, I don't like the way they talk or whatever. But I'll tell you, it revealed one thing. Same thing with Pastor Hildebrand up in Elmer. It revealed one thing. It revealed the intent of our government. And how they would deal with those that are, are just going by their charter of rights and freedoms. And we see the response I don't have a problem with it. I believe that the Lord unctioned these individuals and to, uh, to do, take a stance in what they did. And we see the consequences. There's a restraining of the mystery of lostness. There's a standing up where people are saying, no, 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 that's not right. 
It's not right. Now, I know there's, just, there are those that are just opposed to government because they're rebellious in nature. If you say yes, I'll say no. If, if you say black, I say white. If you say go, I say stop. They're just naturally rebellious. But I'll tell you, there's another contingent that's saying this is not right. There is our freedoms are taken, being taken away here in Canada. This restraining of the mystery of lawlessness, there's a pushback, and I see that happening at this time. We are talking about the fulfillment of the Word of God right now regarding the last days. I say, thank you, Lord, because your return is near. With that, I truly believe that one thing that must happen yet is that there should be a mighty harvest taken in. Folks, we need to, the mandate, the great commission of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was to go out into all nations and make disciples. Go out, preach, preach the gospel, preach the good news of Jesus Christ to all nations. And he says, I want you to go out in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Joel chapter 2, he says, it shall come to pass afterward, after that Israel will become a nation again, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And I believe that is something that still has to take place to a greater extent than it has already. There is an, where there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit for the sake of not uh, protesting. I, I, hey, there might be times where you're unctioned to do certain things. But I'll tell you right now. The most important thing is that we would share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the people that we don't or that don't know him yet or have, are lukewarm or have backslidden. Because we don't want anybody to be here after the trumpet sounds and the church is caught up to be with the Lord. Because I believe that after that outpouring of the Holy Spirit and that taking in of the harvest, the, Lord, the Father will say, you know what, now is the time. The last person that needed is going to get saved. And maybe he's weighing out the, the, the difference between the number of people getting saved and the number of people that are being added to this planet saying, I don't want anything to do with you, Lord. And at a certain point, the Father's going to say, the time is finished. And there is going to be catching up of the church body. I'm talking about those that are followers, true followers of Jesus Christ. Their faith is in Jesus Christ. The, 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 the rapture of the church you, don't, you won't find that passage or that phrase, rapture, in, in the Bible. But there's an ex, there is a, a describing of this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It says from verse 13, I don't want you to be ignorant, as Paul writes to this church in Thessalonica. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, those who have died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Those that have died, there's their spirit and souls with the Lord, but there is a day coming when they will, they will have a brand new immortal body. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that he, we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. When is that going to happen? Just before the tribulation. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with a trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. And there's a catching up of the saints. 
that day hasn't happened yet. It is coming soon. We need to be ready, and we need to bring as many as we can. Folks, if there's an unctioning on you to connect with those that are unbelievers, you heed that unctioning because the Lord wants to use you to bring or at least have that person hear about Jesus. I already alluded to this great tribulation. It will be a time like never before on this planet ever was or ever will be this great tribulation. And it will be where the wrath of God is poured out. And we, we can read of this in the uh, uh, Revelations chapters 6 through 19. And we see 21 different things and things in between that are mentioned. Seven seals being opened, seven trumpets blown, seven vials poured out over the course of seven years. And there are things that will happen on this planet. I've mentioned it before. You have, in one place, it talks about one-third or one-quarter of the Earth's population being removed or dying. Another point, it talks about one-third of, of, of the remaining portion. If you figure that out, it comes down to half of the Earth's population being taken away. Half of the Earth's population is going to die during that seven-year period. The Lord is, you might say, why is this happening? It is on those who are, are saying we want nothing to do with, with God. We, we don't want to accept Jesus Christ. It says in 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 6, it says, Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation, tribulation those who trouble you and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels and flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not listen who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ in the end these shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes and so there's this thing of, of the wrath of God pouring out. Right now, the grace of God is being extended to this planet. The grace of God. People allowed to come to hear the gospel and to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. In, the, in those, that great tribulation time, as we already read, we talk, we're talking about those that get saved there will be a persecution to the point of, of death. People, and we see it happening even now, we see, we we're getting a glimpse of it even now, as those that are believers are, are being hunted in Afghanistan. I mentioned Sunday morning, I, I met with four Iraqi young men who were, fled their country of Iraq because of the persecution. They were Christians. Christian, I, I looked at these guys, Middle Eastern guys, Iraqis, and there are smile. I was just blown away when the one in there says, "We are, I'm a Christian. We are Christians," and I just, I just thought, and I mentioned to them, "You, we are brothers because we have the same father." There was a connect, immediate connecting with these these men, and they were fleeing. They left their country because of the persecution. Uh, I think three of them. 
two of them for sure, if not three of them, left because ISIS had come in and they were looking specifically for Christians to kill them. And so they were fleeing uh, to get out of the country that they grew up. He said, they said, Iraq used to be a beautiful place. He remembered it as a beautiful place. But then such wickedness and evil coming in that even they were, as Christians were, were not allowed to, to, to be free anymore uh, and had to flee with, for their lives. We see at the end of the uh, Great Tribulation, we see even as the, the, the Jewish nation is surrounded, the Lord will keep them safe in Edom and Moab, which is now the Jordan area, for three and a half years, even as they run from the Antichrist, as they realize, oh my goodness, he's defiled the temple, this is not right, and they will flee. They will flee and run for their lives. And they, the Lord will, will protect them in their flight. And they will be out of Israel in Jordan, hiding in Jordan, uh, during those three and a half years while the Antichrist is fighting this group and that group, just before the seven years, it's a, they come back into Israel and, and the Antichrist will say, I'm taking them out once and for all. And there will be a coalition. And it says in Revelation 19, verse 11, it says, Now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and in his name is, and his name is called the Word of God. This is, we're talking about Jesus Christ. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Who's that? That's us, because we've been caught up. And those that were dead in Christ beforehand, they're already in heaven, and we will be with him we will be a part of that army in heaven and following Jesus, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus Christ is sovereign even now. Even through, throughout the tribulation, he is sovereign. Everything that has been foretold will happen because he is Lord. He is above all. All power and authority is his. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you, eat, you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast, referring to the Antichrist, the kings of the earth and the armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. And this is going to be taken a place uh, called uh, Megiddo. Uh, and it says in, in, in Revelation 16, verse 16, he says he gathered them together in the place called in Hebrew Armageddon. Because it's a Hebrew word, Armageddon, and that's where they're going to be gathered and then uh, back to uh, Revelations uh, 19, verse 20, it says, Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. 
And the rest were killed with a sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. We're talking in one hour, the Lord coming and, and destroying the, the armies of the Antichrist and those that had come against the, the children or the, 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 the Israelites, the children of God. Um, and in one hour, they will be saved. Those that are left will be saved as they see the one, I think it's in, in Zechariah, that talks about them seeing the one that they pierced. Um, praise God. After that, the Lord Jesus will establish his kingdom here on, on this earth. And uh, it talks about the fact that uh, the, the dragon, the serpent of old, this is Revelation 20, verse 2, who is the devil and Satan, was bound, bound him for a thousand years, and he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him. They should deceive the nations no more until the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. And so we will reign with the Lord for a thousand years. Satan, his hordes will be bound for a thousand years, not able to do anything. And it says, I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. And I saw the souls of those who had, that had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. So all these people that uh, basically got saved during the tribulation, killed, beheaded, but here they are in the presence of God. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the th a thousand year was finished. This is the first resurrection. So the, the ones that get saved during the tribulation will be part of that first resurrection under that designation of that first resurrection. And um, will be with the Lord for eternity as we are. Praise God. Now when a thousand years have expired... Satan will be released from his prison. I like the next few verses because just two, three verses and everything is taken care of. Uh, so Satan's released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sea of sand of the sea. They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints in the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So here there's a taking care of those that, that come against uh, the Lord at the end of the thousand year, and then the great white throne judgment. It says, Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the uh, heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So, I go back to our response to the next 1,007 years, at least. Is that people's names would be written in the book of life. 
your name, my name, was written in the book of life the moment that we repented of our sins, we confessed our sins, and we believed on Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross, and we allowed him to come into our lives, and we are choosing to follow him. And our name was written in the book of life. And as we continue to deny ourselves and take up the cross daily and follow him, our name is in that book of life. If we choose to say, no, I'm gonna, not going to follow the Lord, I'm going to do my own thing, I'm going my own way, and I deny Jesus Christ, our name can be erased from the book. That was one of the problems that's mentioned in, in Revelations chapter 2, I believe, where their name is being erased from the book of life. We need to see people come to Jesus, your loved ones. And I know some of you are praying and grieving for your loved ones. Continue to pray. Continue to be, love your children. Love your, your relatives that don't know Jesus. Love them. Don't judge them. Don't condemn them. Just love them and share be that witness to them at this time. As you have opportunity, as you're led by the Holy Spirit, tell them about Jesus. As you have opportunity, tell them about what may be coming. Uh, and that which is still ahead of us as a believer is so amazing. I cannot wait. I can't wait for the coming of the Lord. I can't wait. But I, I, right now, and I've been saying this the last number of years, Lord, don't come yet. There are too many people that need to come to know him. I've, I've got neighbors. This, just a few weeks ago, we connected with neighbors that we didn't know from our, our, our neighborhood and, and connected, and the, the intent was, Lord, that we would have an opportunity to share the gospel with them at some point and to continue to pray for them, our loved ones, those that pray Believe, because what is coming, Revelations 20, now I saw a new heaven and new earth after the great right throne judgment. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And it just goes on, these, that, that chapter and beyond, just talking about this, this city. And just the, the, the beauty of this city and being in the presence of God. No more turmoil. The light, there's no sun or moon because the light that emanates from Jesus Christ, from, from God, lights up the whole city. The city, 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles long, 1,500 miles high, and lit up by Jesus Christ. I just say, what is ahead of us we can truly not fathom. We have glimpses of it, but there is so much. And that there would be a sharing of the gospel of Jesus Christ so that those that don't know him may come to know him. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I, I just, with that, I want to thank you all uh, for as the Lord's stirring on your heart to be a part of the work that still has to be done yet, Lord, here I am. Use me to volunteer, to say, Lord, whatever, Lord, for this day coming up on the 18th, I'm going to let as many people as I know, believers or non-believers, say, you come, you come to this old golf course and take part in this day. We, I, hey, it will be so good. It would be great 
to see people get saved on that day, but that the church would, be, would come to life and finish the work that needs to be done yet before his return. Because we don't know how much time we have left. Lord, work through us. Can we stand? Hallelujah. Lord, I just, I thank you tonight. And if there's anyone here or online that is watching right now that doesn't know you, Lord, even as they, as, as the next 1,007 years has been foretold and even the coming days and weeks and months before your return, Lord, we know that things are going to get worse. Lord, we know also that in this time there will be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There will be a, a mighty harvest taken in. And Lord, we look forward to that, to this outpouring of your Spirit on all flesh. And Lord, that those that call in your name would get saved. And so we, we thank you for that. And Lord, so we say to those that don't know you, Lord, that they would confess, I am a sinner, I have sinned, but Jesus, you took care of all my sins. I believe that you came 2,000 years ago and that you died. And even as you died, you, you bore our, our pain and suffering and our illness and sickness and every infirmity, every uh, uh, groaning that we may have, you bore it all on the cross for us. And above all, you took our sins. All that that would separate us from you, Lord, you took the consequences of it upon yourself. Every sin that I may have committed past, present, and even future, Lord, you took upon yourself as my faith remains in you. As I say, yes, Lord, you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life, and I can come to the Father because of you and through you. I believe that, and I receive you into my life. Lord, I pray that there would be those that would, would make that statement of faith, Lord, a confession of their sin, a confession of your death and resurrection, and, Lord, an acceptance of you into their life. And, Lord, that would not just be a one-time thing, but daily there would be a remembrance of who you are and what you did for us. And, Lord, there will be a following of you, a denying of self, a taking up the cross daily, and a following of you until you come back. Lord, we pray for this day coming up in just a week and a half, Lord, that there will be many that will be stirred, Lord, as, as maybe there are things that will happen in the next week and a half that will say, that will just put a, an unctioning on, on, on the body of Christ, say, we need to gather together. And Lord, as you are orchestrating this, this gathering, Lord, you have spoken the word for us to come to life, to revive and come to life. Lord, because there is a work that needs to be done. We cannot be asleep in these last days. But Lord, that we would watch and pray. And that we would be a light in this darkness. And Lord, that others will come to see. Lord, even as they would see the light, they will come and they would hear of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray this uh, to happen through us, Lord, as we say yes. Lord, use us. Use us, Lord. In Jesus' name. I just, I just I pray your spirit, your anointing upon each and every one. Lord, that we would not operate just in our own strength and our own zeal and effort, but, Lord, we would operate in the same power that raised you from the dead, the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that it would be upon us and that we would move by your unctioning, by your leading and guiding, Lord, and in your spirit and in your power to be that witness in these last days, not just for our sake, but for the sake of those that don't know you. Lord, in Jesus' name I pray. I thank you. And I praise you. Amen. Amen. God bless you, my brothers and sisters.
uh, if you have a few moments and can stay and just greet one another. Thanks for joining us for the sermon. We really hope that God spoke to your life. You can find more of the Word of God by watching our service live stream and listening to our podcast on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.